Welcome to Audio Drama Showcase by Legend Smith Productions. I'm Scooter, and with me are Thomas Sixton. How's it going? Maggie Allen. Hello. And Max Baskin. Yo. Today we'll be listening to Alba Silix, Royal Physician, which premiered in 2014 and is produced by Eli McLevin. He was writing a series about aliens living in Niagara Falls, but soon realized he was in over his head. And so, while brainstorming for ideas for a more episodic show, he came up with a fairy tale hospital show, which of course ended up being at least as difficult as the original idea. This episode is called To Market, To Market, and it was originally released on December 5th, 2014. Okay, let's get started. Lovely, fresh King textiles, 30% off fabrics. Hi, we're from the House of Healing. Have you had your immunization for pony pox? Hi, we're from the House of Healing. Hello, Alba. Oh, hello, Professor Sprengler. I came to ask. My neighbor has been taking a potion for his lumbago, and I was wondering if you stock it. What kind of potion? I believe it's called Frenosapax. We don't stock it. I'm told the results it provides are quite astounding. Last visit, I gave you an herbal tea and some exercises. Why, yes. And how are those going? I, I haven't really had time. Oh, you people. Everybody just wants a pill or a potion or some other easy way out. Try eating better. Get outside a little. Don't drink so much mead. I'll do my best. So... Do you think you'll carry Frenosapax anytime soon? I don't care if it cures leprosy and straightens out crossed eyes. We don't carry it. All right, then. Hi, we're from the House of Healing. Honestly, if I ever get my hands on whoever is shilling this stuff... Alba? Yes? It is you. Who? Alba. You're looking fantastic. With Lee? What are you doing in Granville? Oh, I'm just in town for a conference. Who's this kid, and why is he dressed like a monk? My apprentice, Magnus. He used to be with the Dragon Mountain Order. Hey, hey. No used to be. Magnus, this is Withrow. He's a... an old friend. Oh, friend, is it? Well, all right. We were more than that. Boy, were we. Okay, say no more. Back in the day, we were the diabolical duo. The paranormal pair... Let me guess. You met making stone tools down by the watering hole? Oh, a wise guy, huh? We met at Hazelbrook. You went to witch school? Don Tootin. Did you learn any cool dark magic? Oh, I could tell you some stories. Dark magic was strictly forbidden. In other words, your school was lame. It was not lame. Says the girl who dropped out to protest the curriculum. <laughs> she turned the headmistress's chair into a beanbag before storming out. A beanbag? <laughs> Full of carnivorous Malorian jumping beans. Okay, that's pretty good. See... Why can't you teach me stuff like that, Alba? You have to ask. Well, it's been nice to see you, Withrow. Excuse me, Miss Salix. Yes, how can I help you? Uh, do you carry Frenosapax? Frenosapax? Uh, funny you should ask. No, we don't. It's useless pop for useless people. Go away. Oh, thank you anyway. Soft-hearted as ever, I see. Fifty Crown says it's elderflowers and molasses. Whoever's selling it, I bet they're making a killing. And if I ever find out who they are, I'm going to stuff them headfirst into a pill bottle. <laughs> Hmm. Uh, so a royal physician, eh? Uh, not too shabby. Oh, yes. 
It's great fun running the neighborhood clinic in the National Health Policy Office, on top of tending to whichever royal majesty stubs their little toe. And here I am, on my supposed day off, running a booth at the market. And I have to file a report with the Chancellor tomorrow about the state of local witch-run clinics in the countryside. <laughs> That's my Alba. Always the overachiever. Why don't you take a break? <sighs> don't I wish. <gasps> I can take care of the booth. Come on, Alba. Get some fresh air. It's market day. Uh, all right. Magnus, take over for me. And no skipping off this time. You can count on me. <clears throat> By appointment to the king and queen, Alba Salix, royal physician. <laughs> Episode of the fifth. To market, to market. I always love the market. The food, the hustle and bustle. The easy marks. Hey, now, my business these days is strictly above board. I see. Candy apples, three pennies each, two for five pence. Hey, you want a candy apple? They were always your favorite. I don't like that candy woman. She apples. lives with her father and treats him like garbage. Just this once. Here. We'll take two. Certainly, sir. Thanks. Here you go, Alba. That'll be five pennies, please. Can you break a sovereign? Not a problem. You want it in shillings? That'd be great. Actually, hang on. Give me four shillings and... No, wait. Make that three shillings and twelve ducats. Twelve? Oh, silly me. I can't do math. Twelve plus thirty-three and one is eight, so... Why don't I give you back one and you give me five ducats, three groats and a crown? Uh, of course. Keep the change. Really? Thank you, sir. Have a lovely day. And the same to you and the lady. There you go. Strictly above board, eh? She won't figure that out for hours. <laughs> Maybe never. You really haven't changed, have you? Did you miss me? Not in the least. Yeah, you did. Eat your apple, you. Hi. Sorry I'm late. Hey, Magnus. Where's Alba? She went off with her old boyfriend. And when I say old... Oh, she has a boyfriend? Is he nice? Say, Holly, have you heard of this new potion for Nosapax? Yeah, everyone's asking about it lately. I think it's a scam. It totally is. We should sell something like that. You are not selling placebos! Okay, we can throw in some ingredients or whatever. How about this stuff? No! I told you, we're almost out of sludge wart. So don't use so much per dose. Spread it around. If we could crank it out in big batches, we'd sell hundreds of bottles. Thousands! That's not how the House of Healing works. Which is why we've been missing the boat. Look, I'll just use a tiny drop. Hey there, Holly. Hi, Magnus. Hello, Jerome. Is uh, Alba around? I need something for the shrew flu. Why, if it's the shrew flu you've got, sludge ward is the best relief. Uh, uh, this doesn't look like sludge ward extract. Because it isn't. It's what we healing experts call an... Essence. Did you know that dilution actually increases the effectiveness? Magnus, that's ridiculous. In fact, the more times we dilute, the stronger the essence becomes. Really? That's not how it... You're a blacksmith, right? You know how my fellow monks of Dragon Mountain make their swords? Uh, what, by folding the metal over and over? And beating it thinner and thinner. Keeping it lightweight and making it amazingly strong. And you say, I am full of woo-woo. <laughs> that's incredible. How come you don't do that with all your potions? It's a brand new technique. 
Everyone knows about the fantastic healing properties of the humble sludgewort plant, but it took the genius of Miss Alba Salix to realize that by diluting it, you multi-amplify its potential by a factor of 100-fold. Whoa! Here, give it a try. Ah, oh, I think I feel better already. See, Holly? He feels better already. I'm telling Alba. That'll be three crowns. Uh, Alba never charges that much for potions. This is our first premium product offering. If you have any side effects, we'll give you double your money back. How about it? Well, okay. Thank you, my good man. Here you go. Thanks. Uh, tell Alba I said hello. Sludge Ward Essence, only three crowns a pop. Hello there, ma'am. How are you feeling today? So, Withrow, what's this conference you're here for? The big magic exhibition isn't until November. Yeah, this is just a sales conference. Hey, want to head up to the bridge? Mm, it's not exactly the greatest neighborhood on the other side. We don't have to cross. We'll just go up to the lookout. All right. Anyway, it's not like you couldn't defend yourself. Remember Scotty Gostrander? Oh, God's the chosen one. Hazelbrook's greatest boy hero. He defeated one lousy Hydra. And then he was dumb enough to challenge you to a magic duel. And before he could get his first spell out, you up and hit him in the face. Smug little creep. Withrow, why did you have to go and tell my apprentice about our school days? Why not? That was our finest hour. But now he's going to be all excited to learn about dark magic. Hmm. Reminds me of this girl I used to have a thing for. You were the one always trying to summon demons. They're not all evil. No, just most of them. And it wasn't all dark magic. Lots of it was just being creative. Remember the sneezing powder in Miss Sourling's spell book? <laughs> well, that was a good one. Oh, she turned half the class into slugs. <laughs> the only time I saw her matter was when you set all the exam papers in the room on fire. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Achende meum ignum. Careful now. It's okay. I didn't do the hand motions. It is a nice view, isn't it? You can see clear out through the sea of squidge. Beautiful. You know, I've lived in this city for years now, and I've never bothered to come up here. Maybe you should get out of that house of healing more often. I really should. Hold it right there. Can we help you? Yeah. Put your hands in the air. You stay quiet like mouses, and nobody has to get hurt. What? Thank you, sir. Enjoy. Step right up. Don't be shy. I'll take some of that sludge war. You bet. That'll be six crowns. Six? Supply and demand, lady. Oh, shoot. That was my last bottle. Hey, anybody got any empties? Or your own container? Half price if you drink it on the spot. I got some empties here. Awesome. You, sir, are a fine, enterprising young gentleman. I'll give you a nice shiny crown for him. Make it five. Five crowns? Each. What? Supply and demand. What's taking so long? One crown each. Four. Take it or leave it. I'm not paying you four crowns for one bottle. Oh, well. See ya. No, wait. I'll... <sighs> Here. Nice doing business with ya. Kids these days. So, if diluting the stuff makes it stronger, shouldn't we water it down even more before we take it? Yes, that's a great idea. How many bottles you want? In that case, I guess just the one. Should last us years, right? No, because it doesn't keep. But the here, 
I'll give you half and we can split the bottle. Hey, count me in. The more ways we split it. All right. Each of you give me two crayons and come by my kitchen. I'll give you your share. No, that's not allowed. This is a specialized process done by specialized specialists. Do not attempt to water down this complex formula at home. Home dilutions are killing magic. (laughs) Here's your six crayons. Not if you're going to split it. That's 12. No, 18 crowns. (gasps) Say, let's talk to Henry. He bought a bottle earlier. Maybe he'll share. Where are you going? Hey, I just paid 40 crowns for these damn bottles. Hey! I'm serious. Your money or your life. I'm thinking neither. Come on. All your valuables in the bag or I start getting expressive with this here pig stick. What's so funny? Oh, nothing. Poches Valore! I was thinking maybe turning him to ice, but levitation's pretty good. Please, I'm afraid of heights. Hmm, this bridge is a bit tall, isn't it? Majestically tall. Quite a long way down to the river. Ah, I'll do anything! Hush now! You wouldn't want me to lose my concentration and... Ah! drop you. You ought to be more careful who you try and rob. I didn't know she was a witch. What does that matter? You don't rob people. Okay, okay, I'm sorry. I'll turn my life around. (laughs) Please. (laughs) Look at him. For a second there, I thought you were going to let him fall that whole way. From up here? It'd kill him. From halfway down? Well, it'll hurt, but he'll be fine. Probably. (laughs) Maybe you should take up crime fighting as a new hobby. Oh, I've missed doing this kind of magic. (gasps) Except for the headache and shortness of breath. Short of breath, you say? Have you ever tried Frenozapax? Tried what? Oh, don't tell me you're on the bandwagon, too. I'm kind of the local sales rep for Farloria. Really? All right. So what's in it? It's an all-natural herbal formula. So is stewed pimple grass. No, this is the real deal. Not only does it relieve pain, it brings down inflammation, evens out your complexion, and it's great for ulcers, too. Here. You make this? I'm a distributor. I can send some your way if you're interested. It'll add ten years to your life and take ten years off your age. Okay, knock it off with the sales pitch. Oh. Tastes all right. That's usually a bad sign. Mm-hmm. You might be onto something, though. How's that headache? Works fast, doesn't it? Quicker than the caffeinated beavers of Lake Zoom. All right. I'm impressed. Come by my room at the inn, and I can give you a whole lot more. Buy a lady dinner first? Why, naturally. So, Mr. McWinney, what can I help you with today? Well, I've got this toothache and a ringing in my ears whenever I open my eyes. Have you tried Phrenosapax? Tried what? It's an all-natural herbal formula. Not only does it relieve pain, it boosts your stamina, balances your humors, and it's great for warts. Is she going to prescribe that stuff to every single patient? Sure sounds that way. i got to find out what's in it. Me too. You are not touching this stuff. Remember what Alba said. Figures. I'm not allowed to have a side business. But her old flame comes to town selling junk potions, and she's all over them like mice on gingerbread. How are those bedpans coming? I think this violates the terms of my community service. Good morning, little lady. I have an appointment with Miss Salix. It's Abe, right? Just fill out this patient information form, and Alba will see you in a minute. Try the Frenosa packs for a week, and let me know if there's any change. Thanks, Miss Salix. Bye now. 
Abe, fancy meeting you here. Hey there, McQuinney. Never thought I'd see you at the doctor's office. Yeah, I got an ulcer. I think. And also, you say, have you ever tried Phenosapax? Uh, Rhinoceros, uh, what? It's an all-natural herbal potion made from oily sand flour and cheeseweed, plus 16 secret ingredients. And it cures ulcers? Yep, it's the real deal. Not only does it relieve pain, it brings down... That's exactly what Alba said to the guy before last. This is creepy. I need to test the stuff. Alba, send in the next patient, Holly. Alba. What exactly are the active ingredients in Phrenosapax? Why, it's an all-natural herbal formula made from oily sandflower and cheeseweed, plus 16 secret ingredients. And why are they so secret? Say, I hear it's great for headaches. Magnus! Yep, this is the real deal. Not only does it relieve pain, it improves your eyesight, adds body and shine to your hair, and it's great for headaches. And it seems to be controlling what you say. Nonsense! How can an all-natural herbal potion have any effect on what I say? Yeah, Holly. Say, what's the cure for rocket fleas? Rocket fleas? You might want to try this new product we've got. It's called Phrenosapax. Oh, you've heard of it. It's all you've talked about since we opened this morning. Well, it does have a thousand uses. Can I try a bottle? Absolutely. Here you go. Alba, I have a hangnail. Magnus! A hangnail? Well, we have a new product just in that you might be... What am I saying? See? You keep talking about this stuff. <gasps> oh, I hope this wears off. That's why I need to test it. Good idea. See if it's a Moliari curse. Holly! Nope. Not Moliari. <gasps> I see why people like it, though. I feel pretty good. That's how you test it? It's my protocol number one. What? I feel fine. That was incredibly stupid. I only took a tiny sip. You know, I think I might have gout. Gout, gout you, you say? Have, have you, you ever, ever tried Phrenosapax? Why, no, I haven't. Magnus! It sounds amazing. Stop it! What else does it do? Oh, oh it's, it's a, a wonder, wonder of modern, modern medicine. medicine. Not only does it cure gout, it erases wrinkles, builds strong teeth, and it's great with pie. Golly gee, what's it made from? It's, it's an all-natural all herbal formula. formula made from oily wow. sand flour and cheese weed That's plus 16 crazy. secret ingredients. Magnus, if you do that one more time, I will cuff you. Totally, totally worth it. Be right there. Alba, back for more already? Why, yes, you devil. And I could use another couple of cases of Phrenosapax, too? Mm, I can do. Take as much as you need. Oh, it's been flying off the shelves. What a day. I I could use a dose myself. Go right ahead. Thanks. That's odd. Does this taste funny to you? Funny? Here, have a sip. Seems fine to me. It, it isn't expired, is it? Can't be. I just bottled that batch. So you bottle it yourself? It's a secret process. I can't tell you much more than that. Well, of course, you can tell me all about it. It comes out of a special keg I got from Mr. Benvenido. Wait. Why did I just say that? Say what? You swapped the bottle. That wasn't Phrenosapax you gave me. No, we altered the recipe a little. So instead of selling more, it makes you tell the truth, Withrow. Alba, I wouldn't lie to you. For instance, where might I find this magical keg? Why, it's in my trunk. Hey, no, Alba. Get out of the way, Withrow. I, I have a headache. A headache? Have you tried Phrenosapax? Ow. Nice try, you sleazy cad. Ah, Alba, what's Phrenosapax? Let me tell you all about Phrenosapax. It's an all-natural ah, herbal Alba. potion Ow. made from oily sandflower and cheese Ow. weed plus 16 secret ingredients. Help! 
Alba, please. I bruise easily. Not only does it relieve bruising, it brings down swelling, Ow. heals up friction Ugh. burns, and it's great for black eyes, too. Oh, except that it doesn't really do any Ow. of that, does it, Withrow? No, but it does relieve pain. For a little while, and then it fades. And every time you take it, it does less and less. At least it works quickly. Quicker than the streaking cheetahs of Hyspedia. This little keg here, I'm guessing it's enchanted to provide an endless supply. Am I right? That's right, Alba. Don't. Mr. B will kill me if anything happens to it. Who is this Mr. Benvenito? He invented Frenosapax. He's from Quaytox. Oh, a demon then. I should have known. And this conference you're in town for? I've been sworn to secrecy. Oh, I assume Mr. Benvenuto is running the show. Yes. <sighs> Please, give me the keg. And where is the conference? At the Weird Fellows' Lodge on Knife Shop in his lane. Alba, I think I have the plague. The plague, you say? No, Alba! Sorry, Frenosapax won't cure the plague. Withrow, it's been fun, but I draw the line at prescribing snake oil to my patients. If I ever catch you pulling this sort of stunt again... I will have you chucked in a dungeon so fast it'll give the streaking cheetahs vertigo. I'm a dead man, Alba. He really will kill me. You should have thought of that before you started working for a Quatoxian demon. He'll send me to the... the... home office. Alba, I like my skin. I want to keep it. You'd better help me out then, hadn't you? Yes, Alba. When I was diagnosed with Marthambles, I couldn't look my friends in the eye. But I talked to my doctor about Frenosapax, and guess what? It worked. And today I have a full head of beautiful hair again. Thank you, Frenosapax. There you have it, folks. There are thousands of stories like Countess Carnelia's. Thousands of ways that you are making a difference. So, are you having a good time? Who's having a good time? Yeah! Look at them. Yeah. These people are crazy. Keep your voice down. If anyone finds out I smuggled you in here... Let's talk a bit about our three-pronged approach to sales. First, of course, is our spreadable messaging. It's more contagious than the pony pox. <laughs> Second, our fabulous incentive program. And we'll be rewarding our amazing points leaders in just a few minutes. And thirdly, our live and learn program. We call it Teaching by Example. Could I have Vin Prang, Alicia Bergesto, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, and Clarence McMainly up to the stage. Yeah, come on down. Hi, guys. Glad you could make it. Now, these folks are unfortunately at the bottom of our points ranking this quarter, but that's okay, because we're going to make their experience into a learning opportunity for everyone. Step right up on those marks. That's right. Now... These three are going to our home office in the hell dimension of Quatox for some hands-on education right now! See, that could have been me. There's still time. Now get out there. <laughs> Live and learn, folks. But now it's time to award a very special vacation on the beautiful Meridian Riviera to some very special and hard-working sales representatives. I'm talking, of course, about everyone in the room! Yeah! You, and you, and you! Everybody here gets a vacation! <laughs> what a bunch of chumps. Where's my drink? Uh, here, Mr. Benvenido. <laughs> uh, what is this? I said wood alcohol. 
This is goddamn Frenosapax. Sorry, sir. Uh, wrong bottle. What's your name? Uh, with uh, Withrow Lee. Ah, yes, Withrow. How are you? Enjoying the conference? <laughs> yes, sir. You remember this contract? Signing over your soul and all your earthly possessions to me? Remember the penalties for non-compliance? I, I didn't really read that part. And this is why we don't do deals with demons. <laughs> Say, folks, according to this, our good friend Woothrow Lee has just earned an upgrade from re-education at the home office to eternal torment! Achendemeyum <laughs> ignum! Oh, now, Withrow, did you really think that would work? Burning up one little piece of paper? When I have six more copies filed away in separate magic-proof vaults? No, but there's still a loophole. Who the blazes are you? An interested party. Mr. Benvenito, isn't it true that you and your company can be banished from this earthly plane by saying your name three times? Of course it is. But it would have to be my true name. <laughs> Why am I telling you this? Must be something in the water. Th that drink. You tricked me! Oh, Lee! She made me do it. What's your true name, demon? My, my name is... Astraxo! Oh, damn it! Thanks. Astraxo Diabolum! Astraxo Exeus! Astraxo Epugae! Hello, Cathmet Mystical Group. My name is Serticus. You're requesting the banishment of the demon Astraxo to his home realm of Quatox? That's right. No problem, ma'am. I'll just need you to answer three verification questions for me. Aha! What? It's just standard policy. Question one. What school did Mr. Astraxo attend? Astraxo? Tell us. Well, I would. But I'm afraid I've gone and forgotten the answers. I don't think he's lying. You've forgotten what school you went to? I expunged all those useless memories when I took over the family enterprise. <laughs> Childhood. Such a pitiful, unproductive time. So what school? Braxonic College? A demon of his rank? Nah. Was it Creepside? Thank you. Oh, lucky guess! Question two. What was Mr. Estraxo's favorite book growing up? How old are you? Seventy-two. Go! That narrows it down a little. Uh, Gertie the Goblin, The Sword in the Stove... The Littlest Unicorns. That's not true. I hate unicorns. That's the answer I have here. Finally, what was the name of your first pet growing up? I didn't have a pet. I ate every animal that came into my family's cave. Well, maybe so, but it says here you named at least one of them. Remember, was it a bunny? I'm not saying. A kitty? I can't hear you. La, a lightning la, la, lizard? La, la, lizard. Aha! What did your lizard look like, Astraxo? What color? <laughs> red. He was red. Did he sleep on your bed at night? <laughs> he used to sleep with the coals in the fireplace. Or if he wanted to cool off, he'd sleep on my pillow. <laughs> he was the best. And you called him... Bloodstone. Oh, God! Thank you for verifying. We'll just go ahead with that banishment now. Have a great day and thank you for choosing Camp Man. Wretched humans! You'll be hearing from our lawyer! Good riddance! Well, good news, everyone. You're free now. No longer slaves to a cruel, avaricious demon. Uh, don't all thank me at once. Uh-oh. That was our livelihood. And now, you voided our contract. What about my free vacation? Alba! There's just no pleasing some people. Run!
Market to Market, Episode 5 of Alba Salix Royal Physician. You heard Barbara Clifford as Alba Salix, Julian Sark as Magnus, and Olivia John as Holly and Bertha. With Abbas Hussein as Withrow Lee, John Palmieri as Jerome and Mr. Benvenito, Elaine O'Neill as Countess Carnelia and Serdikos the Imp, George Bertwell as Abe, Marisa King as Angie and the Apple Seller, and special guest Tim Cischini as Professor Springler and the Mugger. Written and directed by Eli McElveen. Recorded in Toronto at Trench Recordings. Sound designed by Eli McElveen. Produced by Sean Howard. Associate producers Carter Siddle, Eric Portelnos, Mark Fenwick, Josh Claver, and Dave Addison. Alba Salix Royal Physician is a Forgery League production. Visit forgeryleague.com. It's Eli, your humble scribe and maker of noises. There's just one more episode to go in this season of Alba, and it's going to land two weeks from now, not one. But we've still got a little something for you next Friday, so stay tuned. And speaking of staying tuned, we have a mailing list, and you should join it. Uh, we have great plans for future projects, such as Season 2 of Alba and a series of mini-episodes in the new year. So do subscribe and get all the latest news from Albaland. You'll find the sign-up form at albasalix.com. And as always, we'd love it if you'd spread the word about our show, tell a friend, tell your network, and if you subscribe via iTunes, give us a rating or a review there. Until next time, thank you for listening, and good health. So, yeah. Um, that was almost like a TV show. Yeah, interestingly enough, it was almost like a hospital TV show. Like it, Scrubs. It followed the sitcom formula really well, but not like a good sitcom, like a bad TBS sitcom. I still thought it was pretty funny, though. It had some moments that were a little bit 80s or 90s cheesy. I felt like a lot of the jokes were like, hey, look, this is a boring situation. But we said fantasy sounding words. Especially the place names like the uh, Hyper Cheetahs of Hyspedia. Yeah, that was a little that was a little much. Like the uh, the whole like change thing went on way too long. A lot of it went on way too long. I thought the um the mugger thing went really well actually though. Yeah. The mugger yeah. part was really funny. And the going into the homeopathy thing was a little much. Yeah, if you're going to lampoon like ridiculous things that actual people believe, you should probably like allude to the fact that ridiculous people actually believe those ridiculous things. Yeah, that got a little strange at times like there. with the sitcom formula it sounds like they were going for a b plot but the b plot was way shorter than the a plot which made it feel really uneven so what do you mean by a b plot versus an a plot so most like sitcoms or even like a lot of a uh, half hour tv shows today their comedies have an a plot which is like the main thread of the episode and then a b plot which involves characters not involved in the a plot doing a smaller thing it generally gets less screen time but still runs over the course of the episode Sometimes you'll even see a couple of different subplots going on, and in more serialized stuff, you'll see them spread out throughout multiple episodes, whereas the A-plot might be taking up the entire season. There might be individual B-plot arcs inside of that. So if you look at sitcoms, like if you look at what the name of the episode refers to, that's typically what the A-plot is. Like, well, most Rick and Morty episodes have an A-plot and a B-plot because it's a, it's a comedy trope staple kind of thing. The B-plot is always Jerry. No, sometimes. Mostly. That, that's the Z plot because <laughs> no one really cares about Jerry.
So I guess so. Then in some shows, there's actually more than an A plot and a B plot. So it's kind of yeah. like layers of an onion. Sometimes, typically, like there's the main plot, and if there's more than one, that's just, it's multiple B plots. Huh. Okay. Like they they don't necessarily have like full rankings. It's just generally one of them is more prominent than the others. So what would the A plot, the B plot for this one then be? Oh, the A plot was like Alba Silix and her whole thing, and the B plot was the whole like, oh, we're bottling this uh this thing, we're diluting it. So it was like Alba Silix with the romantic partner that came to town was the A plot. Yes. And the B plot was delu- diluting in homeopathy, and then the demon... Well, the demon thing was part of the A plot. And actually, you could even take it a little step further and say the A-plot was the entire Fernozapan thing, whereas the romance part tied into that, but was in its in a way its own little thing. Yeah, that was definitely part of the A-plot. Like, it's the whole reason the char- those characters were interacting. Um, like, the Fernozapan thing was definitely the A-plot, and the romantic aspect was just one part of it. We're now deconstructing, like, story at, like, a, yeah. like, like, storytelling tropes i'm not sure we're, we're getting places with this yeah i mean like i think that's still a very valid thing if we're talking about like the the content of a sitcom isn't yeah it? and so like that's it's felt like you're trying to ape that and like especially with the way some of the uh like look we're all talking in modern dialogue but we threw in some fantasy words yeah so let's talk about the dialogue for a sec there like um maggie you were bringing up earlier that there was almost a confusing layer of accents i feel like or something like Yeah, they were very stereotypical accents and just kind of all over the place. Like there was a Southern Belle. There were a couple different English accents. And they didn't sound particularly authentic. And then there was the one Jewish lady from New York who was there for no good reason. Yeah. Yeah, the the lead actress sounded very good at voice acting, but uh, her character was very one note. Like, I'm hyper competent and I have no sense of humor. And that was her whole character. I do like that you could tell just about everything about her from the sound of her voice. That's what I kind of got out of it. I was thinking that one thing that she definitely reminded me of was uh, Margaret O'Houlihan on the show MASH. There was mostly that stiff, starched professional. But then when the old boyfriend comes in, all of a sudden she's a giggling, mischievous schoolgirl again. So there are layers there. a lot of it is just the facade that she puts up as her professional demeanor. That makes sense. A lot of the uh, the beats in the story were very predictable and had been done a million times before. Like you knew from the first 30 seconds that the uh, the old boyfriend was going to be like the dealer of Frenosa packs. It was like, well, it took us 10 minutes to get there. That that seems like a waste of time. And then the assistant saying, you can count on me, pretty much assures that, no, in fact, you cannot count on him in any way, shape or form except to screw up. What could possibly go wrong? So one of the things that I really did like here was that the um, this is not the first episode of the show. They didn't really introduce any of the characters, but it was still pretty clear the roles they played in the world that they're in. Uh, I think that was both a strength and a weakness because they weren't doing anything new. So it was really easy to see exactly who each of these characters were. But even though they weren't doing a whole lot new with the story, I think that the way they translated something that is pretty much strictly a visual medium into an audio medium was pretty seamless. And it it was a really ambitious thing. And I think they did a really good job of it. I wouldn't say it was seamless. Like if it was seamless, you I don't think you would have noticed it had seams all over the place. There was a lot of stuff that was kind of visible as far as that goes. I, I feel like the character interactions at least seemed fun. 
I didn't actually have any problems with the general dialogue other than some of the medical dialogue stuff got a little strange and kind of forced. Uh, my problem with the dialogue was my the problem I've had with a lot of it where it's like, well, this conversation has been done before in a million sitcoms before it. And we know exactly where it's going and I'm bored. Oh, uh, so it's too predictable, you're thinking. Yeah. And there was also a kind of heavy handed morality. Now, mind you, it was touching on issues that are pretty big and in the public eye right now, like the opioid problem. They were talking about it being a painkiller that lasted for a decent time and then less the more you took. But you had to, so you had to keep taking it. So it's good that they're bringing those sort of things up. But it was really just high here. It is right in your face. Except if that's what they were trying to address, they didn't like they didn't talk about like, oh, what are the long term effects? It's like, yeah, it works less over time. Well, that's it's like it's hyper addicting and you're going to end up, you know, sucking someone's dick to get more. That's fair. Uh, like and then they immediately transition to like now it's about multi uh, multi level marketing, a.k.a. pyramids games. I was like, this is just a lot of like real life stuff in fantasy whiplash. There were a lot of things that I felt like, yeah, that the multi level marketing combined with the like the weird homeopathy and drug addiction. Actually, that's a lot of layers. Now that mm -hmm. I think about it. And like I didn't even catch drug addiction, like nothing about it made it sound addictive. It was just like, yeah, it works. Well, and then it doesn't. Well, I mean, kind of. They were simulating drug addiction, I feel like, a little bit with making it magically try to propagate itself. Yeah, but that doesn't, like, even really speak to me about addiction. Like, there was someone who was like, I need more. You need to give me more right now. It was just like, I I'm, I'm sick. Can you give me a thing? Yeah, it's this thing. Nobody was really fiending for it or anything like that. No. Maggie, what'd you think? One of the things that kind of struck me was I was expecting in the B-plot, I was expecting the assistant to get more of a comeuppance than just... Somebody was like, hey, I can try to do this myself at home. I thought it was going to be something more like he gets caught or... Or he has to actually pay up on that. I'll give you double your money back if it doesn't work. Malpractice, you know. I totally forgot about that. And he did say that to the first guy. Yeah, they didn't actually cover that at all. Mm -mm. Drop plot thread. And that was a perfectly good way to have him, like, the weight of that come back to him. It's, uh, it's like if Chekhov's gun, you know, just, you know, ran out of bullets and stayed in someone's drawer. What's the opposite of that called? What? Um, there's another term for it's it's the opposite of Chekhov's gun, where they just show an object in the very beginning, but they never actually use it. I think it's just not following Chekhov's gun. So I was getting into a writing discussion, and they were talking about how I forget what it's called, but it's essentially Chekhov's gun. But you know, you focus on it's like, oh, you come into the room, you see an ornate gun on the wall that has never been used. Red herring. Yeah, red herring. Thank well, you. Or is that not quite the same thing? It's not really the same thing. Red herring is like when you intentionally have a mystery and you're throwing in ways to, or not even necessarily a mystery, but you intentionally have a plot and you're intentionally writing like things to distract the audience from what the solution will be. A Chekhov's gun is more of a like, you've made an object prominent and then if you do nothing with it, you are going to leave your audience unsatisfied. It'd be like if they had made a lot of, a big deal about the ring in the first book of The Lord of the Rings that never came up for the other two books. Yep, and the other two, it's like, yep, we went on vacation. And then we threw the ring in the volcano in the beginning of the second book, and then we went on vacation. Yeah, it's just like, well, that's... Can we, can we go home now? The rest of it was a rom-com. Just a really long rom-com. The rest of it was the Hot Springs episode near the end of the season of an anime. You mean like Avatar? Yes. Yeah, a lot of shows really do have a Hot Springs episode. No, that's it's a trope that Avatar was, like, ribbing. And, God, Naruto's got to have at least... A dozen of them? Yeah, well, Naruto is also like 100,000 episodes long. So it's also the most anime anime that's ever animated. I don't know. There's Dragon Ball. Dragon Ball is pretty anime. And um, Ranma. Yeah, but Ranma is pretty dead. I don't, it doesn't have the same fan base that Dragon Ball. Dragon Ball has been around for a thousand years and it has a large fan base. Still. And a thousand years from now, it will still be around pouring still out new, new content. stuff for that. Ranma is pretty dead. Yeah. Some shows end. It happens. 
We, we've gone very far, of course, here. We have gone very far, of course. So I did feel like it had a lot of ties to something like Scrubs, but Scrubs is not the best example. No, Scrubs is, you know, well-written. Scrubs had moments that were, there's very, there's a lot of moments of Scrubs where they had problems. Yeah. But the show is typically self-aware about like when it was getting very sitcom-y. Like if, if it felt like, well, we, we there's no way to write through this storyline without being sitcom-y, we might as well be tongue-in-cheek about it. Dave? They even had that one episode where they did, I think it was a four camera sitcom take on the entire episode where yeah. they troped it, it up all to hell and gone. It was very, someone was having a hallucination. They they actually turned the set into a multi-camera sitcom and filmed what was essentially an episode of it with full on with laugh track and like. Oh. And slightly altered uh, costumes. So they were like sexier nurses. The, the lighting was very like, oh, we don't have the money to pay someone to do this well. And that episode, but taken seriously and without visuals, is what this episode felt like. So let's go through it. Actually, I want to hear what you have to say, Max. There were definitely some laugh out loud moments for me. I I thought that, like I said, it was a very ambitious take. And and you were saying that in the intro. This was a big project. And I think for what it is, especially in the medium of audio drama, it was pretty solid. There were definitely a lot of problems, but I thought the voice acting by and large was good. The direction of the characters seemed pretty good. Most of the issues that I I was hearing weren't really technical things. It was more along the lines of plot issues. And even though I don't think things necessarily have to be original in order to be good, there are cliches and they were using a lot of them. Like things like the transition music, absolutely gorgeous, and the the background sounds were excellent. All right, let's let's hear what what, what does Tommy think. Well, uh, from production standpoint, it was well done, and the lead voice actress is very good at what she does. Um, I felt the story was not well put together. It had a lot of tropes that really were distracting, and a lot of portions of it went on a little bit to a lot bit too long. So I got bored. A lot. And a lot of the stuff that made it seem like a sitcom, like the transition music and the background noise, like actually only added to how not invested I was. Because like, oh, I can definitely see what you're doing here. That's 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 great. I'm going to give it um two out of five shitty potions. Two out of five shitty potions. Yes. All right. So I I um I enjoyed this episode of the show. There's some parts of it that I definitely didn't like, especially now that I'm talking to you guys more about it. I thought it got a little bit too silly at times, like a little too, like Tommy was saying, a little too tropey and a little bit too jumping the shark almost, it felt like. Uh, but the the voice acting I thought was pretty solid. The accents felt a little forced. Some of the accents felt a lot of forced. I feel like they were trying to get into that to give more distinction between the different actors' voices. Maybe, I'm not entirely sure. And the use of sound effects was actually pretty tight. When the person was levitated into the air, like I could clearly immediately visually see what they were talking about. And even when they, he was like thrown off the cliff, like that, the timing for everything, the use of the sound effects, the levels it was at. It's one of those things that like, I don't feel like you fully understand unless you've worked on something before and you can kind of like see how that manifests. But it was so smooth that if I wasn't actively trying to review it, I don't think I would have really noticed that it just fit. It was very polished. Yeah. Very, very yeah. Polished. A very polished turd. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was not a turd. <laughs> I mean, you're welcome to your own opinion there, but I definitely don't think this show was a turd. I, I'm just visualizing that now. Thank you, Tommy. It's so shiny. But it still stinks. Not if it's fossilized. Uh, what? You could polish a fossilized turd. How can you fossilize a turd? You can fossilize pretty much anything. Yeah. I thought it had to be like nope. living. I didn't think organic matter of any sort became a fossil. I thought it had to be like... No, only organic matter becomes fossils. Yeah, or organic just means made of carbon. 
Yeah, so like poop can become a fossil. Yes, yes. Yep. in fact, that finding poop is one of a, a big a big find for fossils. Like it's very helpful to determine what the thing ate when it was alive. So you're telling me that I could have a fossilized poop paperweight, and I don't. Yes, but I don't imagine you're gonna like. Like oh. find it on eBay? What you want to do is look for something called coprolite that is fossilized feces. I don't actually want this. Please, nobody get me this. It sounds like a terrible <laughs> I don't actually want this in my house. Scooter, I'm going to get that to you with the swarm of spiders. Oh, that's, that's great. And, and remember, viewers, that's Scooter at the Story Forge. Oh, it's really not that accurate, but that's fair. If um, you find the address, please send some. It's so terrifying. <laughs> We did get a new sp- a spider in the studio, though. We got the um, the Lucas the Spider. I don't know if you saw it on the table upstairs. Oh, a new one. Yeah. Oh, neat. Yeah. Uh, Lucas the Spider from Lucas the Spider videos. And Scooter. Huh? 60 bucks on Amazon. I'm not buying fossilized poop. <laughs> That's so terrible. So you although, can find it on Amazon. Although I do really want fulgurite. It's fossilized sand or... It's sand that's been struck by lightning, which causes it to turn into glass yeah. in midair. Have you seen uh, Fordite? Yeah, that's um, paint from the bottom of a Ford factory. Well, like a yeah. Any of the auto plants where they yeah. did the spraying, yeah, just layers and layers. It's amazing looking. It is really pretty and there, terrifying. There is a uh, roadside uh, attraction in the Midwest that is a something that started out as like a golf ball that you can everyone can go on, put like a coat of paint on, and it's like... This big. My arms are really wide right now. So it's like six feet wide. It's probably wider at this point. I don't know. But like, yeah, a coat of paint is very thin, but it still has like depth. It's like a roadside attraction. It's like, yeah, give us X dollars and you can like add your own layer to this thing. And if you want to add a full layer, it's going to take you some time. Because it's a huge thing. Yeah. It used to be just like, oh, it took five minutes. Now it's like, it's going to take you four fucking hours. You better bring like 50 bucks of paint. Because... I think they provide the paint. I guess they better if they're going to charge you. Yeah. Also, it's like, yeah, you want to you wanna come to our roadside attraction? Go go to the hardware store now. Again, we've gotten really off topic. Bring it on back. No, I feel like we've pretty much covered it. I mean, like, I personally felt like I like this show. Tommy's covered it in a fine layer of copper light. <laughs> Tommy has covered a lot of the challenges that the show runs into, I feel like. I think I don't agree with the level of intensity for my dislike for it, but at the same time, I feel like all of your points are valid as far as that goes. I'm a, yeah, wasn't wasn't much of a fan. I feel like I would have to check out some more episodes before I formed an opinion. I'm really looking forward to seeing what season two is like and how much he's picked up on lessons learned from that first season. This is towards the end of, this is the, I think the last episode of season one. Second to last. Second to last, Second yeah. Last to go. So yeah, he covered that in the outro, so... Some of us were paying attention. Some of us were not. What? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what's happening. I, I don't know. I, I've tried to... I have no idea what's going on. I have no idea. That was To Market To Market from the show Alba Salix, Royal Physician. To find out more, go to Alba Salix. That's A-L-B-A-S-A-L-I-X dot com. This was Audio Drama Showcase. For more episodes and information, go to www.legendsmithproductions.com. Also, check out our other show, Anansi Storytime, at www.spiderstorytime.com. It's about fairy tales. Thanks for listening. High five. We made it. Why, though?